Lower your expectations. It's a hockey podcast from Lance, Coach, and Randall. Gabe Gifford Hockey is our Season 2 sponsor. Fantastic young man. He has recorded 21-hour stick time lessons and put them online as a course. It'll take your little champion through 20 hours of competitive hockey lessons. You can get more out of stick and puck with your child. It's better, and it's a lot less expensive than a regular private coach would be. Give him a look, because he's a great kid, and he's helped us out a lot. Hello and welcome to episode 30 of the Youth Hockey Podcast, where we talk about youth hockey as if it's the most important thing you can do. And I don't know what's, is there anything wrong with that, Lance? There is nothing wrong with that. What would be wrong with that? Already we are like, we are 30 shows in. And has there been one time that we have repeated ourselves over that entire time? Uh, Raleigh, just give me a simple yes or no. Never. Never <laughs> you'll never get a simple yeah you, Raleigh says right never although I feel like there's always like a new topic around the bend uh youth hockey has given us a lot uh in our lives uh the kids uh that, that we've uh, watched play it uh it has uh, made them I believe as rich as it has made us poor so uh if, if you can look at that scale like their lives are enriched as much as we have spent into the red in order to get them on those teams that's a huge investment of time, uh, love, and support, uh, and uh, it's all been worth it. I, I don't know if I would. Uh, would you ask your son to pay you back uh, someday, uh, Raleigh? If 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 uh, if he could? Uh, no, of course not. Like a student loan kind of thing. Would you like like hit him with a bill like when he turns twenty one? And no, I don't think so. Even if he was like a, a like a high priced <laughs> orthodontist, I mean, you know, like really like <laughs> top of his craft. Um, no, I mean, of course not. Okay. Okay. I was just checking in, uh, Lance, uh, your kids, uh, at this point, uh, is there any way you could get like double, uh, or at least like, like one of them could pay you back and the other one could like, you know, kind of skid or skid. Well, here's the thing, you know, I would never ask or expect them to, but I always think of that one kid a couple of years ago, he was drafted number two overall. And, um, he, uh, he said he got like a $2 million signing bonus and he signed it right over to his parents as a thank you gift. Yeah. I think my son would give me a box of raisinets and, uh, and a, and a good, good, uh, stiff, uh, chin chuck, basically like, good job, dad. Thank you so much. (laughs) And I'd be like, well, thanks for the raisinets, son. That's, that's a, it's kind that you think of me that way. Um, today we are looking into a bit of the social, uh, uh, aspect of, uh, playing hockey. Uh, I have something that I've wanted to get off of my chest for a while. Uh, and I think it's important, uh, when your kid goes onto a team, uh, to look around the locker room and, and look at the social component, how are the kids acting uh, between each other? Now I know you don't always get a chance to look in the locker room. Uh, in fact, I think with safe sport, I might be crossing a line here. You may never, never get to see this, but you could talk to the coach. You could talk to the assistant coach. Um, I have a, a, a way of telling uh, whether or not uh, the team is filled with high character kids. And you can find out on the first practice or the first uh, tryout. And uh, I, I want someone to ask me uh, about it so that I can continue. Well, what is this foolproof method that you are discussing? Interesting for you to ask me, Raleigh. Thank you. Um, what I'm saying is, uh, and this is something that uh, Lance has experienced, Lance's son, uh, uh, and it's all to his credit. If the best player on the team is friends with someone who is not very good at hockey on the team, that is going to be a good year. Uh, that means the best player doesn't look around and say, oh, who's the best player that I can like buddy up with and everyone else tell everyone else they suck. They look at the, around the room and they're looking for friends, people who are like-minded and, and they enjoy the company of. Kids like that are a little more mature than the, what I call meathead kids or what is called down at the Bears, kids. That group of people, uh, sorry about that. That group of people very often just looks around and they hear from their parents, they hear from their dad, from their, from their, you know, from their mom, you know, you and Ryan are the best players. You and Ryan should really be together and have fun and, you know, whatever. 
problem is, you know, two years from now, when Ryan gotten a little better than him, Ryan ditches him for, you know, like Timmy, but it doesn't matter that year. They're being told that their social interactions are all based upon who can hit the little black disc into the net, the best. And that is not a good solid foundation for social interaction. And it can lead, I believe, to what, what is the worst part of hockey, which is where you have a locker room filled with cliques and groups of people that are the haves and groups of people that are the have-nots. And for any player out there who is best friends with a player that doesn't dress for the games, uh, this is in the junior league, uh, I, I say that kid has got a ton of character. Uh, and I only say that because Lance, uh, why don't you just like uh, uh, peel off a little uh, story about your son? Uh, this is the well, this is the story that got me thinking about this whole topic. Interesting, and I'm assuming what you mean is the fact that uh, uh, my son was buddy buddy uh, with a kid who was a healthy scratch. I think every game of the season. Yeah, yeah, but it, it didn't bother him a bit. You know, John is like John is like first line defense. Uh, and, and he's the kind of kid that, that I'm sure if he was told by his parents, uh, only be friends with the, uh, other first liners, uh, he'd listen, he'd listen, but he's got his own mind and he's got his own friends. And instead, uh, he is out there, uh, making friends on the team and making an atmosphere where kids are not judged by necessarily, you know, just how well they play hockey. And, uh, that's what you want for your kid. Believe it or not. I know you don't think that. Uh, sometimes I know I don't, you know, I've been on a team where I've been like, well, why do I want my kid hanging around with, you know, some kid that, that can't play hockey as well. But, you know, I, I, I look back at that self and I go, oh, I don't know if I got it back then. I, I think it's much better to, to have my kid hang out with who he likes and, and make genuine friendships. Uh, and, you know, I never told him what to do. Um, but, you know, I, 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 I think that sometimes, it, the, the, the locker room stratifi stratifies, I think is the right word. And, and you lose out on a lot of the social interaction that your kid could be having with, uh, with, with some of the great kids uh, in the locker room that might not be the best players on the team. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I mean, interesting, it, it's a, uh, I wonder if this is a bit of a straw man though. I gotta be honest, because I, I think that uh, for the most part, kids, in my experience, they just become friends with whoever they were going to get be friends with. And I haven't seen this kid that, you know, prototypical kid that you're talking about, who is like a little mini NHL politician or something is like, well, I can only be friends with the other guys that are really good like me. Um, well, let, I haven't me, seen a lot of that. Okay, uh, then maybe, let maybe, me, I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm no, I, you are definitely wrong. But what I'm saying is, okay, haven't you seen the three parents of the three best players sitting in the rink together or the four players of the four best players? Sitting oh, well, in the that's rink a different, together? that's a different thing. Okay. Hey, and then, Randy, no, wait a second, then tell me, example. and then, then, then aren't those four kids also sitting together at, at the tables together all the time? I'm saying, if you notice that the parents do that clickiness, uh, I, I'm telling you it happens in the locker room too. I understand where you're coming from, Raleigh. I always take your uh, your uh, um, insight uh, completely seriously, uh, but I'm telling you, in my experience, I have seen that straw man grow up into a old, you know, a real scarecrow, uh, and uh, um, you know, and and uh, and and it 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 sometimes can be a problem. But go ahead, Lance. Thanks. Uh, so I know exactly kind of what Randy's referring to. I'm just trying to to think in my mind how to present it. Uh, to protect the innocent and uh, to uh, uh, protect the victims. <laughs> um, but anyway, so Raleigh, I think would like there was a situation that Randy and I were exposed to, and for example, there were there were uh, two kids on the team who, at least in their own minds, felt like they were the two best players on the team, and that like it was their team. They ran it. And I remember they would, they would invite other players on the team uh, to, you know, to some type of social, whatever. Hey, want to come over and go swimming or Hey, let's all go to the movies. And then invariably they would cancel on the person uh, at times. Uh, and why? Because the third best player on the team 
was suddenly available. And so they wanted to go hang out with that person instead of the other kid. Is Am I correct in that, Randy? Oh, you you know what you're talking about, Lance. Uh, uh, and, uh, and, and by the way, this is uh, not necessarily a bad thing uh, sometimes some kids uh, are just best friends with alpha best friends right i mean i'm not saying it's always unnatural but i'm saying sometimes it is it is the unnatural desire of the parents for kids not to be hanging around with kids that aren't as good at hockey as they are and uh, can you imagine if that was like happening in school with math and I was like, oh, yeah, buddy, don't hang out with Melissa. She, she's not good at math. I mean, she's, you know, she's not worthy of your time. You know, just, just you know, hang out with these two people. They're really good at math. You know what I mean? I mean, how ridiculous would that be? And yet in the hockey world, and to a certain extent, I remember when I was in, in baseball, in the baseball world, that was considered, you know, uh, if you were good on the team, you, hang, you hung out sometimes uh, with, your social equals. And, and that's just a weird thing to me now. Uh, and, and I, I just, uh, I think it's high character when people avoid it. I don't think it's low character when you fall into it because I think sometimes that you fall into it regularly just as a pattern. But if you have a kid that, uh, that, that, uh, cause Lance was telling me the story and I, I just was lauding his son. I was like, well, that's good. You know, uh, you know, the, the fact, cause I remembered that my son, on a couple of teams was not very um, uh, necessarily welcomed by the top player kids because he wasn't on the first line. And I always thought, you know, at the time I thought, well, you just work harder, you get better. But partially, if your kid is going to be treated that way, don't let him be on that team. You know, don't let, don't put him in a position where he has to impress the coach, the, the team, the this because they're not always going to give him the chance to do that so it's like uh, if it looks like the locker room is run by people who are very much into uh, cliques it's time to boogie on out the door and find someplace better right so Has Raleigh Dave ever experienced that yeah no, I mean you're saying you're saying that, uh, that you have never been on a team um, you know, like uh, where there is this social stratification. Well, you have to understand Raleigh is from the East coast. It could just be the East coast. People don't give a shit how well you play as long as afterwards, the drinks are on you. Uh, Raleigh care to comment. Um, <clears throat> no, I, I mean, I mean the click thing. Uh, well, uh, what do I, I want to say to, in response to this? I, I'm just saying that it, just looking back uh, at all the teams that uh, we I know of in whatever capacity, for the most part, um, I think this the uh, the players tend to become friends with whoever they become friends with. That, that's just what I've seen. And uh, now, do parents sometimes try and uh, you know? It, uh, maybe uh, create social situations that involve uh, other families that they feel are, you know, who they want to be rubbing elbows with. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah there's I, some social engineering and everything. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, you didn't have that experience. And by the way, good for you. Uh, there's nothing wrong with having different experience walking down the, uh, down the, uh, the uh, highway of youth hockey. Uh, I'm, I'm talking to, well, the I, I mean, our kids played together on a bunch of teams, right? What, what is it? Didn't they play together for four or five years? Maybe. I don't know. My friend, my kids wasn't friends with yours. Cause he wasn't on the first line. Really. <laughs> I know. And, but, uh, but no, they played together on, oh, on God. the same line oh, for man. two that's, years. That's <laughs> undercutting everything I just said. Oh man. How embarrassing was that? Here I am big timing Raleigh, the last person anyone should big time. Uh, yeah, no, we're, <laughs> Uh, two years, but you have to understand, uh, Raleigh. I got two other kids uh, that play the sport, and uh, no, I know. I, that's, yeah, that's so why I'm, it's, I'm kind not of, always, I'm asking you. It's not always not, the middle son that I'm talking about. Well, uh, I'm asking you for the middle son, though. Yeah, you look at all the teams he's been on. Yes. Have, have you ever felt like for him there was any years out of his? You know, I, I get it's one out of three, but yeah. uh, would you say that for him, all the teams he's been on? Has there been issues like this where you were like, ah, oh, I really don't like what's this team? 
yeah the d- dynamics of it yeah definitely uh there was a team uh in um um uh, but again, this is before your time, Raleigh. The teams with you, uh, I, had, I had the fortunate uh, of, of having uh, Coach Raleigh, who was uh, sometimes patrolling the uh, the locker rooms, making sure the kids were being high character kids. Uh, but uh, before that, uh, there was a year that uh, was definitely, definitely not uh, um, uh, something that I was very excited about uh, socially um, mm-hmm. uh, for him, uh, and uh, to a to a to an extent, I think it's AAA year, and this was not the fault of any of the kids on the team. I think uh, he was losing interest. So this is, you know, uh, and maybe maybe this isn't fair either. I didn't feel like any of the kids got to be really great friends this year. And that might be just AAA, by the way. Uh, Lance, you might be able to back back me up on this. Maybe AAA kids are, are a lot more interested in the, you know, in the development of their own hockey game than they are the kind of social world that surrounds them. But I'll tell you, my experience with AAA this year, um, I felt like the kids were not very close, um, even though they were a really good group of kids. I, I, I got to tell you, uh, you, you know, like you can't, you know, one of the kids on the team, uh, uh, Raleigh, uh, you can't get better. Oh, I know, I know more than yeah. one. I, yeah. I mean, no, I'm we, sorry. You're right. All, you know. Our kids all played to get three. Yeah. With the, right. Th- at yeah. least Baco kids. Yeah. Two yeah. of the Baco kids. Yeah, n- nothing better than those kids. They're really good kids. Uh, but I didn't feel like they were, um, uh, you know, did they ever like meet outside of the sport and, you know, like, uh, have a pool party or a beach day or a this or a that? Uh, you know, I, I maybe wonder I'm expecting about, too much. Maybe I'm expecting too much because yeah, because uh, maybe this is like here's here's the thing. There's different models now. Like maybe Lance's experience, you know, his kids went to a school where they were with other players and had every opportunity to to spend time outside of the hockey rink with those people. Whereas your team this year. Um, you lived in one place, other people lived in entirely different places, hours away from each other. Oh yeah. It's a, it's a busy, you know, it, life of a, of a hockey player is busy between school and going and traveling and doing hockey. There's not a lot of time left for, for other stuff. Right. Yeah. So, point taken on that. Uh, uh, what do you think, Lance? Do you think it's the, it's the level of hockey that does not breed those kinds of relationships? Or do you think it was nece- maybe just this particular team that, that was so spread out that it was hard to uh, foster those, those kinds of things. You have a lot more experience, like uh, give me an idea of how, how different the relationships were when you were at Shattuck and your kids were around them all day. And later when you were on the AAA teams too, if you don't mind. Right, because I was going to tell you it from my it, my experience was a little different, and I wonder if what you experienced is due to the proximity of the kids. Because my experience has been this: is that we, you know, hey, we we started out in B hockey, played some A hockey, then played some Double A and Triple A, and and now on to juniors. And and the the funny thing is at the lower tier teams the b teams the a teams uh and mostly there at the at the b and the a level i noticed where we they had this kind of like hierarchy and and there was more of a of a i guess of a of a potential for certain kids to feel inferior to other kids and it kind of created the haves and have nots what was that the haves yeah, the and the haves have nots. Not. Yeah, that's what and I was thinking. Kind of this group, and you're either in the group or not in the group. But, but see a lot of that, and there were there were instances. I mean, you know, we were on teams where there were certain guys who were just head and shoulders better than other guys. You know, and and you know, I would hope that if my kid were in that position, and I don't, I, I think that they uh, they have been in that position, and they were have been well adjusted people. That that isn't something that they would use against somebody you know i mean i think they like everybody and want to be friends with everyone thus like you had mentioned john is friends with a guy who doesn't even play because it's about what's inside the person and not what he how well he can play you know it's about are you a good person and a good human you know so when you got to these triple a teams especially in chattick there was none of that because you know rightfully unless you were pretty darn arrogant and living in a bubble 
you know, it was hard for any one kid to say I'm better than the other guy because they were all really strong players, you know? And uh, um, so there wasn't any of that word that I saw like a B level or a level uh, ego um, does not always need evidence lance I, I don't know if you i remember one kid whose mom came in and said my kid would pass it to somebody if they had anyone to pass it to <laughs> <laughs> i think you know this kid by the way this was uh this was peewee b about 10 years ago but i do you, do you remember up here in uh, valencia who i'm talking about i'm sure i remember there's a lot of those instances you know there was like one. Said, it was peewee b <laughs> Yeah, I think so. I think it was BBB. Uh, by the way, I'm not totally sure. Could have been uh, uh, Squirt B. I don't know. Uh, but I still remember this quote from this lady coming into the, to the uh, it was a spring team. And uh, somebody was like, well, we need to get passing. And she was like, I would let my kid pass, but who's he gonna pass it to? <laughs> and I oh, was like, such a great attitude. But yeah, I was like, so read, I read the room, man. Read the room. You know, now this is going to sound, you know, this will probably sound funny, but see, my kids, uh, you know, w when they were, when they were first born, you know, both my wife and I worked. And so we don't, we didn't really have much of an option other than to uh, uh, put them at daycare. And, you know, that I think was one of the greatest things that they could have experienced because, you know, you're, you're forced at a very, very young age to socialize, make friends and get out of your, your little bubble. And, you know, they've ridden those experiences throughout their whole life where they haven't joined a team yet where they weren't two of the more popular guys on the team, you know? And so, um, it well, also, your sons also are, they, uh, they're, they, I, I want to say you probably agree. They tend to be um gregarious outgoing and also they enjoy humor and um you know they, they're and, and i will say since my son's a lot younger uh than than your sons like he had a brief experience with them where he he knows them and it's funny because they played together on that team that little in-house team where he my son was like a little kid compared to them and right. yet years later uh my son was down when they were playing for the, the junior Kings and he was just doing a clinic and the junior Kings, like a lot of, I'm sure most people know a lot of uh, teams. When you get to be like triple a, you get tend to have your own locker room at your home rink where you can leave your stuff. And um, it was just in the spring or something. And he, and my son was down there and like, he was getting dressed for some camp he was doing or something. And they were like, Oh, bring your stuff in here and sit with us. And they all went, you know, they invited him in like, that's, you know, I think that's their personality. Uh, now there's right. other kids who are, you know, who aren't, aren't outgoing. Yeah. They're more, yeah. you know, keep to themselves and they're not going to, they're not going to have that same sort of uh, experience with other teammates, I guess. Oh, and uh, any of our listeners, if you would like a clinic on how to talk on the ice, you need to get a hold of John Alexander. He has said some of the funniest shit I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> to opposing players to rattle them and when he gets off the ice and like oh yeah dad this is what i said blah 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 and lance will relate it to me and i'm literally pissing myself that kid has got a gift for getting under anyone's skin in the most hilarious he is really uh, lance you have got a gem as far as like someday he will be like uh like doing treaties between two countries because he knows exactly where all the pressure points are in all of the parties involved. He can definitely get his way into uh, foreign affairs. Although, like I said, <laughs> he might, he might, he, there'll be some scandals, but they will be hilarious scandals. Well, I, I was just going to say, we need to get, uh, we need to get John mic'd up because oh, uh, this on, could be some great stuff. If he would actually say what I've heard him say and, and actually, you know, like, Oh, I'm like, sure he does relate them. Oh my God. <laughs> It would be, by the way, it would be our best uh, downloaded uh, uh, podcast because kids would like, you know, you know, like kids like to pick up a move from like Crosby or a, or, or like, a, a, you know, like some some kind of McKinnon uh, uh, Deke or something like that. People would be coming from every country on earth to learn how to shit talk like John Alexander.
Well, do you remember his his crowning moment that he enjoyed from this season? Uh, I don't know if I can say it. Are you going to go where I think you're going to go? Well, I, I meant the one, uh, I mean, it wasn't that bad. The one that I'm referring to is when they lined up for the faceoff and the kid asked, uh, the, the kid taking the draw asked uh, our guy, like, hey, you know number two, which was my son. And he's like, yeah. He goes, man, is he an asshole? <laughs> uh, no, Lance, that's not the one I'm talking about. That is PG compared to what he did to some poor kid uh, that I heard about. Uh, that was that was the kindest version of uh, of trash talk uh, I've heard from uh, Johnny Alexander. But partly that's because Johnny Alexander wasn't actually talking. It was two other people talking. Uh, you've well, got yeah, it was. It just shows he he's making an impression out. There. Oh yeah, yeah. If you he mic'd was... him up, I would pay for that. I would pay. Yeah, see, I don't remember the one of the two other people talking because I thought you were referring to Randy's favorite one, and I'll I'll kind of. Uh, can you hide um, the people in order to protect the innocent, or can you? Yeah, do that? Well, I don't I'll hide the people. Raleigh, R- Randy, uh, you know, John has John has history with a lot of people, obviously. You know, when you when everyone grows, don't go there, Lance. Don't don't do it. This is going to come back to him. He is going to hate you if you tell this story. Uh, If he wants to tell the story, he can tell the story. I believe he will hate both of us for pushing pushing this button. Oh, I don't think he cares. But uh, but you're right. So I won't I won't tell the story. But I'm I'm more curious about Randy's R-rated story that I don't remember. Um, again, I'm going to let, I'm going to, we're going to get John Alexander on this show, uh, next week or two weeks from now, uh, just so he can show, put it on a little clinic, just like, uh, you know, like, uh, camps, but a free clinic on trash talking on the ice. Uh, I have never met anyone. He's almost a savant. Uh, he's the kind of person that like can come up with something insulting to say to some kid just by a brief glance or a, a, a moment, uh, on the ice with him. Uh, really amazing stuff, and we will get to it for our youth hockey podcast listeners because I believe uh, some of the kids actually listen to this too. Kids, if you're listening, tune in next week. We'll have Johnny show you how to get under the skin of any <laughs> any some bitch that lines up against you. Okay. Well, see, Raleigh John's. Uh, I think John's uh, expertise is in knowing. His uh, his opponent. Now, have you ever oh, been in pressure a relationship? points? He's great with pressure points. Exactly. That's what John does. He reminds me of people I know who have been in relationships, and after you've been in a relationship for a while, you kind of know the other person's vulnerabilities and weaknesses. And so, in a in a in a moment of of tension, uh, it's you like know, the movie Slap Shot. That place. John knows exactly where this person is really sensitive. You know. It could be as simple as this person is really sensitive about that pimple on his face, and right. John will be John will go there, but maybe a bit deeper than that, and just <laughs> hit you right where you live, and just crush your soul by, oh man, he really went there. Yeah, no, I, I, I you know, there, there are talents on the ice that we don't talk about enough. Exactly. Uh, uh, that is that is something that uh, I think uh, we should have uh, have have some representation of it, the youth hockey podcast um so uh, i am done with my topic gentlemen uh, i you know the 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 social aspects uh, you know just to wrap it up the, the social aspects of being on a team um if you are lucky you will find a team of people who are um all uh, somewhat interested in in the sport over their own personal you know playing for the back uh, front of the jersey rather than the back of the jersey um, and I think, uh, it, you know, it happens all over the place. But uh, as we heard, um, the the lower levels might be a bit of a minefield uh, for, you know, kids that think that they deserve to be on a better team. Because I know I've met a couple of those uh, in my journeys, uh, you know, kind of taking it out on the kids who are who they're playing with. Um, I and My oldest son had a situation where you could tell. The the he was younger on the team, and the uh, the major year players all wished that the younger players weren't there so they could play a higher level, but there weren't enough of them to play that higher level anyway. But that didn't always mean that they were, you know, kind to the younger players in the locker room. And I, I you know, I, it's I'm saying try to get your kid to be that kid that uh, that doesn't mind, uh, and that that uh, calls the other kid into the locker room. 
uh, and says dress with us, you know, when he's the triple A kid, oh, you know, that's, that's, that's some cool stuff. And it's a memory that the kids will love instead of the memory of just another kid that, that wasn't necessarily, you know, very mature in the way they, they acted in uh, around uh, a younger kid. Yeah. So that makes sense. Indeed. Uh, so Raleigh, uh, you got anything that y- y- you've had uh, teed up over there in the, uh, yeah, well, we we Hollywood talked Hills. about uh, we talked about talking about the fact that the season is is uh, over here. Um, I, I guess I want to talk about uh, or, or touch upon a couple things. Um, some of these may not be really for the best as well, but um, the reality is that um, in different areas of the country, and I'm going to talk about the East Coast for a minute. Where, where my kids have been playing for the last couple of years. Um, the, uh, the national championships, I think we were talking about the last episode, are due to be played here in a week or two. And this, for a lot of people, the season just ended. Um, the week after national championships, AAA teams uh, on the East Coast, for the most part, are having tryouts um i want to say first week of april this means nice nice having an off season isn't it raleigh yeah this is this means that um basically their system goes completely against everything that i I think is is advisable coming out of usa hockey so I, i find it to be um you know talking out of both sides of your mouth for usa hockey because this is your system this is what your regions are doing and yet you say, and and I have, which I happen to agree with, the hockey season is a long season now. It's not like it was when I was growing up where it was a seasonal sport. It's a huge commitment. And you've got a lot of, far too many kids playing hockey close to year round. And there's a few things that come out of this. The first is that there is a lot of uh, injuries that are recurring to kids. Um, it's almost an epidemic that you'll hear about uh, from, from doctors and uh, orthopedic surgeons and whatnot, um, talking about how kids are overusing muscles and muscle groups and joints and things like that at too young of an age. And they're now seeing these injuries that kids are having because they're playing too much of a sport. Is there uh, any particular injury that uh, that you can be on the lookout for? Is there anything you've heard, like you know, like there's something um, that shows you your kids been well, on the ice? Yes, too uh, much. Um, I, well, I'm I'm going to just go into one specialized uh, position Sorry. for hockey, which is which is goalie. You now have kids that are having hip injuries, um, significant hip injuries, because uh, you know it's a very unnatural uh, movement for the human body to be doing what uh, goalies do that, that, that amount of flexibility and the, the splits and the, and the constant up and down within into the butterfly, it puts a lot of pressure on the knees, the joints. And so it's one thing to do it, um, you know, and train to do it for six months, maybe of the year, seven months, but when it turns into 10 or 11, you, so, so anyway, my, listen, my advice, the, the advice of USA hockey your kids should take some time off. Um, uh, ideally, play some other sports. Uh, I, I'm eating my own dog food in this the last uh, however many years. I've had my kid do another sport in the spring and tried to resist the pressure that comes to go right back into spring hockey. Um, now, again, on the East Coast, it's very difficult. Like, can you tell your kid, well, yeah, you know what? Just the season's over, so just take a month off and don't even step on the ice. But by the way, <laughs> as soon as that month's over, or it might even be a month, it might be three weeks, you, you, you're going to have to go have a tryout and, and play well so you make the team you're going to be on next year because you uh, have to sign for that. that that's, that's, that's not a great situation. Coach, great do, you mind if I, do you mind if I plug uh, what, what I think is a good uh, off-season uh, sport? Sure. Uh, my kids uh, usually uh, join the swim team up at Castaic, uh, which is right near our house. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and even though it's not a real, you know, swimming is not, uh, they don't try to race, but uh, it's not a sports sport. Um, it's still a great 
uh, uh, athletic, uh, aerobic, you know, increases the lung capacity. Yeah. There's a oh, lot yeah, of good things. There's Swimming a lot of good things. Yeah. There's a lot of good things that, that has come out of uh, my kids uh, spending a couple months in the pool after the hockey season is over. I've noticed it. Um, I'm not sure if it's, uh, if it's universal, but uh, that's just a quick uh, plug that I'd, I'd do. Well, you know yeah, what? I, what we did I also was think racket sports, uh, tennis, um, golf. A lot of people play golf, especially hockey players. But sorry, Lance, go ahead. Oh, I was saying we did. Uh, the boys did lacrosse every year. Yeah, that's what my son's been doing. Got them uh, out there running up and down the field. It's good, uh, good exercise. But I think golf is, is a great right. sport. But can you play it without drinking? Uh, I've never done that, uh, so I, I just need to know, Ralph. If you're if you're under the age of twenty one, you sure can. You can. I have never played a round of golf where I have not had a drink. Oh yeah. Well, you, you can't you can really do a drink, uh, not legally. <laughs> well, you're, I mean, come on, be honest. I was a kid and I still golfed. <laughs> True. But were so, you drinking while playing? Yes, of course. I have never played. It doesn't count if you, if you're down to six before you. I think oh, it was how a dare you, Randy? I, I think it was a three, two beer back when uh, in Colorado, you could have three, two beer before right. you were 21. Yeah. You got to explain to people what a three, two is because uh, uh, I, I'm familiar, but uh, I believe I was, it's three, two, three, 3.2% alcohol by weight. Uh, I believe I don't remember, but I remember that when you got, to uh 21 you could get five eight or something like you know what a five zero or something it was like oh you don't have to have the kids beer anymore it's you funny that they up. let you have any kind of alcohol content though <laughs> oh yeah so yeah, yeah i guess like kind of like a white claw now or something, i used but... to sell beer at the denver broncos games when i was 15 years old and the only reason i could do that is because i went to the state of colorado and got a beer carrier's license i would be walking up and down the stands with beer a 70-year-old man would like hail me. I had to get his ID to to sell him the beer, but he was looking at my 15-year-old face and just laughing his ass off because there was he didn't understand. I was like, there's no way you're 21. I was like, no, sir, I'm not. I'm, I'm 15, <laughs> right. but I have a card. Here, if you want to, you can see it. But yes, I used to sell beer at, uh, at, uh, at uh, Mile High Stadium uh, back when it was Mile High, uh, and uh, uh, I, I, I had to have a beer carrier's permit. You, can't, you probably can't get that anymore. I oh, guess. I can't imagine. No, are you kidding me? They don't even allow people near a beer till they're like 21 now. I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it used to be also that the people don't may not know that uh, there was a time when not every state had a, a, a drinking age of 21. So no, uh, that's exactly right. That's what I'm saying. Where I grew up, 18. Um, the neighboring state of New York, actually the New York state was still a, a drinking age of 18 for a long time. So uh, yeah, nothing like uh, in, nothing like enticing teenagers to draw uh, drive across state lines so that they can enjoy uh, a lower drinking age. Uh, that's, that's a prescription for some great <laughs> stuff, let me tell you. So uh, you're saying driving to get a drink is not the best idea, even in the late 70s, Robert? Yeah, and especially not hours of driving yeah, <laughs> to accomplish yeah. that. I got you. I like, got let's you. drive to New York. It's pretty age 18. We used to cross the, uh, uh, we used to drive to Wyoming to get fireworks. I remember when I was you know, like, there's no legal fireworks here. Drive to Wyoming. So yeah. So yeah. <laughs> right. Not quite the same, but uh, just crossing state lines to do something illegal. Just wanted to get my 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 pitch. Hey, listen, I, I think I've told you this story before, but since, since you went there, um, yeah. I, I remember my my dad uh, is is from what well, was from Virginia, the state of Virginia. And as a kid, we used to go down there, and you know how they'd have those uh, you know stands, or they'd have like a shop where they have all the fireworks. Oh, my yeah. dad would go in there, and they'd have all the fireworks there, and he and they'd, they'd say like, you know, here you go, here's what we got. And he'd say, yeah, no, um, I'm going to see the fireworks that you don't put out here on display. And the, there'd sort of be a wink. And then the guy's like, mm, and then a panel would be removed. And, <laughs> and there's a quarter stick of dynamite for you. Oh. Like, yeah, I'll take that. Uh, <laughs> Your take dad those. sounds so cool. Oh, uh, he, he was a character for sure. Yeah, yeah he yeah. sounds cool. Uh, a, a Virginia farm, farm boy uh, has a certain perspective. Yep. And, uh, you know, God, love my dad, he taught me how to drive when I was like 12. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, 
We drove I, farm I, equipment. Not, uh, not legal, we, but... we drove farm equipment when we were 12. I mean, I, I we didn't drive, uh, uh, you know, like the truck or anything like that, but we had tractors and stuff where you would drive when you were 12. Uh, it was a little that's, electric. That's... In my family, it was just a little electric tractor. I don't want you to think that I, I was cool. No, my no, grandfather I... had a little electric tractor that he let us drive when we were like eight, I think. Yeah, Yeah, so I, we... I know exactly what you're saying because he, this was his, his explanation to me was, you got to learn how to drive. Let me tell you, down the farm... The person that drives the truck in to get the supplies is is the youngest person, you know, the the twelve year old, because they can be spared from the right. from the work that actually needs to be done. So, yeah, they aren't. Uh, that's why you need to learn now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyway. so uh, let me let me draw us back to the uh, off season, uh, Lance. You got any off season uh, uh, tips for people out there listening to the Youth Hockey Podcast? Yes, I mean I think you guys have touched on it already, but uh, you know my. I think the most important thing is that, especially if you have a younger kid, uh, you know, uh, I would say 16 and under, I would definitely say there's got to be room for just enjoying your summer and getting away from the sport, you know? I mean, back in the good old days, Gretzky said he hung up his skates in, uh, what was it, like February, March, and he didn't put them on again until September. Uh, so I think there's a lot to be said for that. And then the other thing too, as they get older, you know, I would tell people don't, don't get sucked into all these opportunities. You know, I think this year alone, we've gotten, you know, Boston college camp, you know, first look at, you know, all these different D one schools seem to have these programs, but they're really not run by the, by the, the, the D one program itself you know these are just like camps to, that you pay for and you get there and it it's kind of like that camp my sons did um at Shattuck where it's at the campus it's it's run by some of the assistant coaches but you know people had told me the chances of a kid out of that camp getting an opportunity was like one in a thousand so you're you saying, know, they're, uh, Lance, they're recruiting outside that camp. So, so, so you're saying the uh, reasons. the camp that my son uh, signed up for and got hurt and didn't make it to, where we got several emails after the camp saying how good my son had played and how they wanted him to come to their camps. You're saying that might not be legitimate. It might not. Do your homework. Uh, my son didn't even play there, guys. How did you <laughs> notice him? It was always the same email. We noticed right. your son, and he we All thought right. he had great potential. I'm like, he wasn't on the ice, dude. I mean, you just want to be like, okay, is there a way we can... Well, he, like was there. he was there for one game, which is more than the kid that went to one of the combines that we know last year who actually literally didn't even go. Well, that's he even paid, better. He paid for it and didn't go. And got the exact emails that you're talking about. <laughs> Isn't it great? Those people must—they uh, must be such good scouts that they can tell even absent any visual information. I, I think. I think. Uh, listen, have your if you if your kid really wants to do it, and you have the money, and and they you just want to play some more hockey. Oh um, yeah. Don't kid yourself that anybody's looking. But I mean, that's probably true of anything. Right? That's a, that would be a good uh, autobiography for you title for you. Don't kid yourself that anyone's looking by Dave yeah. Ralston. You know what I'm exactly. saying? Like that could be your like life in hockey. Don't kid yourself. <laughs> Dave Ralston. I've yeah. Played. It's uh, I, I mean, uh, that's, uh, I mean, Dave well, Randy I, too, because there's, there's a lot of, you know, a I, hockey I, journey. Me, Go ahead. What was that? I said a hockey journey. Yeah. I'm I trying to use my NPR voice journey. Go ahead. Because you know, there's, uh, there's people that have always told me that like, like uh, Raleigh said, if you're, if you if you guys want to go on a vacation and you want to go to a place and your kid really wants to skate, I mean, that's awesome. I would encourage it. And it's great family times, but don't go chasing after places thinking my kid's going to be the one kid that walks in to this superstar program and gets the offer that 10,000 kids before him never got, you know? And again, I'll, I'll give you really quick. I mean, if people think they'll benefit from it, I'll give you the quick history uh, of, of my kid, you know, and, 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 uh, his journey, I meant at, at, uh, uh, what was it at 14 years old, uh, in Anaheim, California, the WHL had a combine and, uh, supposedly all the teams were going to be there from the WHL. He got drafted, uh, 
into the WHL. And they did tell me that uh, they had no idea who he was until they showed up at that camp and they saw him. Um, at uh, what? At, at uh, 16 years old, he got drafted into the NAHL, did not attend any NAHL prospect camps, didn't go to individual team camps, didn't go to the, uh, you know, they have these, uh, like where all the teams are supposed to show up. He didn't do that. We didn't have the money. We thought that uh, what little we had should have been spent on uh, on him, you know, getting on the ice and working, yet he got drafted. You know, he had been scouted during the season at one of the uh, at one of the events that his team was playing at the next year same thing we didn't have the money to fly to any uh, of these combines or anything that, like that uh NHL team approached him they had seen him in a regular season game they really liked him they they tendered him into the NHL at the same time the USHL drafted him um and uh, from watching him during the regular season. And then, uh, and then he ended up in the NCDC, as we talked about. That team scouted him during the regular season. So I think, the, I think at least from our journey, the, the moral of the story is rather than chase after different camps and try to get noticed when they probably already done their due diligence and kind of have an idea who they want for the season when the summer hits, get on a team that's going to get you visibility and that's where you're going to be seen. They want to see, they don't want to see you at a camp playing with 20 guys you've never met before. They want to see you, what kind of a teammate you are, you know, how do you treat your, your buddies? You know, how do you react when, when the, the chips are down and how do you react when, when things are going well, you know, are you arrogant? Are you cocky? Are you disrespectful? They want to see you in real game situation. So don't, so I think, you know, I, I go on a camp or two partly for fun. We always do a camp in Vegas because <laughs> they're fun, but also, you know, if you're going to do a camp, I say, do your homework and pick a team that like, I want to play. My son wants to play for this team. This is the right fit, the right coach, the right everything. And sure, go to the camp, introduce yourself and get yourself on their radar, you know, but I know too many people who do like 10 camps and are just chasing something that, you know, it's probably already too late. You should have chased it during the regular season. That's great advice. Yeah. Well, also it's off season. I mean, my, my argument would be what is, what are you going to change about uh, whatever your, the trajectory is, you know, during a, the period of time when if, uh, if your kid was a professional, they would be resting and or doing off ice training to get themselves ready for the next year, doing strength and conditioning and agility and maybe yoga or whatever, <clears throat> doing, doing something to prepare them for, for the upcoming year. I, I th the, my advice is that's what you should be looking for. Look for some really good uh, training. I mean, go, go on to YouTube and look at some videos of Connor McDavid when he was 14, 15. They're, they're up there. Where, what was he doing? He wasn't on the ice. He was, I mean, if he was, he maybe was on the ice for an hour a week or something. But he was training at, uh, you know, a tr training facility. And uh, that, that's, that's where you're going to get probably the most advancement for your kid. Right. I mean, let me tell you, too, I'll throw in there one of my, you know, lessons, the school of hard knocks that that we had. I mean, there was a year and there was a team that called us a lot and wanted us to come out to their training camp. And it was I think it was like four hundred dollars for the camp. And, uh, you know, at first I was I was kind of reluctant, uh, didn't think it was the, the right opportunity, but they were really persistent. And they were really selling me on how much they loved my kid and they had seen him. And these are the things that they love about him. These are the things that they can make even better out of them. And they really sold me. I mean, I had, I, I was in, I thought that this was going to be an opportunity and he's really going to be able to prove himself and get a spot on the roster. 
And before we ever ultimately signed up, paid the money, you know, somebody approached us and said, hey, look, you know, I know you, you're really excited about this and this is a great opportunity in your mind. He said, but I, I think I just owe it to you to give you the real facts of life. And I said, sure, tell me your facts of life. He said, okay, well, they just went through a, a, a 20 round draft. Plus they were allowed to sign 10 players uh, in a tender situation before the draft even took place. He said, so there was potentially 30 opportunities to draft your kid. Now they can only take 50 players. So he said, you know, reasonably, they probably had 15 spots that they drafted plus 10 tenders. So they had 25 players they took. Your son wasn't one of them. How much do they really love him, Lance? <laughs> Be honest with yourself. And you know, it's, it was a good lesson for me because I'm like, you're right. You know, uh, you know, they make a lot of money on these camps. Go for the right reason because, you know, they had me clouded and, and convinced that this was the opportunity of a lifetime. And I never even realized, oh, wait a minute, they had 25 opportunities to pick up my kid and they chose not to. That means there's 25 other kids they like more than mine, in addition to the kids who were returning from the year before. That's, right. a, that's a little mathematics lesson right there, Lance. You, you just, you just, I think you just mic dropped us right there. Yeah, so hey, I, I, mean, I wouldn't job. say I wouldn't say that nobody should ever go to one of these camps if your kid wants to go. The worst, the worst that it might be is it might be a measuring stick and a wake up call. Uh, you know, especially if your kid tends towards the younger side of the of the equation. I mean, the kids that are that are going to be that are actually being considered for anything are the ones that are getting drafted. <clears throat> and um, if you're not, if your kid's not one of those kids, you, no one's looking at them. And uh, if they go to a camp, their chances of uh, turning, you know, of actually being looked at uh, is, is, well, it's just, it's not going to happen. I mean, I mean, they're not, they're not taking them seriously from the get go. Um, so all it really is, is a chance to maybe compete do the, you know, experience the coaching Maybe you get, maybe the kid makes a good impression as a kid, but yeah, know. get on their radar. I mean, that, like I said, don't go to 20 of them, go to one or two that you really like the program and get on their radar. There's that, that's a great option, you know, but don't go in there thinking I'm making the team this year, you know, unless you're older, you know, well, and I think 20 year olds make, the yeah, team. I, I mean, to be fair, like, yeah, we, we should, we should say there, there are some people who maybe their kids you know, getting up towards the, uh, towards the, the top of the, the range for juniors or something, and they're pursuing the junior opportunity, you've got to find a team. And, and, and at that point, your kid has got to be ready or they're never going to be ready. So um, maybe, maybe that for those people, are, it's different. Um, yeah. Well, and if you remember, every single youth hockey podcast starts with the, uh, with the sage advice lower your expectations. And I think uh, when it comes to uh, um, when it comes to these camps, I think that's especially important. It's not that you can't enjoy them, but uh, lower pump the brakes, bucko. You, you, you don't know what you're getting into. It's probably not, you know, if you're asking yourself, is this going to be a great situation? You probably should know it's, it's, it's going to be a situation uh, and great things sometimes come out of situations, but let's not put those two words together. Yeah, well, the key the key word of, of these things for the most part is camp. It's, yeah. it's what it is. It's a camp. Summer and, camp. you know, uh, like uh, a lot of people, I mean, there's these uh, actual hockey camps when your kid's younger, 12, 13, 14, whatever, up maybe till Bantam age, you know, there's the pro ambitions and things like that. Planet you, hockey. You, yeah, you send your kid to and they, uh, and you know, they they actually do camp for a week and so, and get to play their sport and maybe get a little bit better. And that those can be a lot of fun and can be a good experience. And you can um, write them up on your taxes. And, and yeah, well, that's the great thing about that age. Right. <clears throat> but um, that these, they, they call them camps. I mean, that's what I look at. That's what they are. There's nothing wrong with the kid doing that to, you know, get some more training in and maybe some different learn something new, but it's not going to be a path probably right. to anything beyond that. And uh, contrary to Randy, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't term any of these 
scams. I just think know what you know what it's about and know what you're getting because, like you said, I mean, did anyone call them a scam? Uh, 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 oh, I thought I thought someone said the word scam. Like no these scams. They're not. They're not scams. Nobody said they're, they're scams. No, Lance, you are hearing things in your old age. There's. <laughs> did did you say scam, Raleigh? No, I didn't. Uh... I I, I did hey, not I'm say hearing scam. things. What can are I say? people begin? Are, are there other voice? Okay, this is the question I have for you right now. Are there other voices that you are hearing other than me and Coach Ralston? Multiple. Okay. Well, now this all is coming together. Now, go ahead, Lance. Uh, no, I was just going to say. I meant they're uh, they are what they are, and uh, um, you know, and they're legitimate, and the coaches are there, and uh, you know, we did. Uh, Again, I like to do ones that are a little bit that offer a little bit of fun for dad too. So we always do a camp or two. A lot of these teams, um, whether it be BCHL or NHL or USHL, they'll have a camp here and there in Vegas. And I go there, and you know, they're there. You know, the general, you know, the one we did, the general manager was there, the the head coach was there. They were there at the camp. You know. Um, one one thing the listeners should know is that Lance Alexander is really into the new designer drug uh, industry that comes out of Las Vegas. So uh, he will take any camp in Las Vegas, I believe. Is that is that? Well, my designer drug is called uh, the Blackjack. buffet. Oh, okay. I was thinking the buffet. <laughs> Either one, but yes, Blackjack. Well, both of those. It's a good vice. It's a good vice. If you're going to have a vice, uh, 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 I, I think that's a good one. I mine would be horse racing. Raleigh, do you have a, a vice that uh, that you like to? I mean, other than the prostitutes oh, which one and the don't heroin. I, yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, the, yeah, like go ahead. They, you know, I got my, my, uh, whatever, whatever the best strip club is, you know, the, they, they keep a corner booth there for me. The best one uh, is I the like nearest to make it one. rain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, since we, you know, I did want to throw in here, um, you know, people should understand too, uh, that for a lot of these teams, the camps are very important to them to uh, to actually offset some of their budget issues that they have. So you know, just know like they they've got to they've got to sell those camps and get people on the ice to you know be able to support their seasons. So a lot of these teams are just you know are are, are their existence is is not not uh, assured, and we we certainly saw a lot of that with COVID. How many teams either completely pulled up the stakes or at least suspended all operations for a year because they, they've got to, you know, they've got to at least um, break even. Well, that so. sounds like a complete scam, Raleigh. Well, I think <laughs> that it's, was for you, I Lance. That was for you. That's if, a uh, scam. This is a scam on top of a scandal on top of a scam. Go it's ahead. It's a scam if you think that you're, uh, that, that, uh, someone's selling you on the idea of this is how you're going to get on the team. I, I, you know, I'd love actually, it would be, it would be really amazing if we got some stats. Um, but like Lance was laying out, here's all these avenues and pathways by which you get on these teams. How many kids end up on those teams by going to a camp? Ooh, that's a great one. Yeah, boy, I'm going to do some homework on that. I mean, I've never that. heard of one. Yeah, I mean, no, maybe we that, could do a, maybe we could do a little research. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's well, we know one, right, Randy? Our friend. Who? From down the uh, road. Uh you've mentioned his him before. Remember he went to the he went to a USHL camp and made the team. Are you talking about Ian Samoza? No, no, no. This uh, this kid Samoza I, uh, I thought I thought made it out of a camp, uh, but he's 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 amazing. But yeah, go ahead. Uh, no, this kid, uh, he's from Valencia, smaller size kid. Oh God. I'm sorry. I don't know what you're talking about, but oh, I will try to remember. Fast. Did he I play, will... uh, did he, well, hang on. Did he play high school hockey, uh, for, uh, West Ranch for West Ranch? Oh, you know what? He, I think he did play a year of high school hockey with Ethan Weathers. Ethan Weathers. Yeah. He's a, he's a great player. Yeah. I think he got off of the, but he was on the triple A ducks. Um, you know, I hear they have a pretty good program there ever since the Alexanders, <laughs> the exam, Alexanders uh, joined them. I hear they went really they skyrocketed. So, but again, he just showed up at their door and yeah. uh, kept going, going, going. Well, he has a, he has a gift of speed. Uh, he he is uh, he is one of those kids that jumps off. There are very few kids that jump off the ice with speed. 
he does. He, you know, he was that kind of kid. I can see why he'd get recognized. Oh, exactly. I mean, he's, he's, uh, uh, he has uh, been incredible, but I also didn't want to, um, let it slip by since Randy was talking about all my vices yes. and I wanted to tell you about, you know, my favorite vice in the words of Roxy music is for me, love is the drug. Oh, Lance, you are so, you're a teddy bear. We all love you. We all do. Okay. Exactly. Uh, I was going to get to our uh, lightning round. If you guys don't mind, uh, it's just a quick lightning round this time. Uh, equipment that you bought that either broke or did not work very well at all. The loser of this has to sing a Roxy, what was Roxy music song off, off, off air. Uh, so uh, maybe love is a drug. That'll be your, your, your penance. Uh, I will go first and I will start with sweet hands. I bought a sweet hands thing. My kids almost never used it. Lance, you're next. Wow, I got so many. Uh, I'm going to say, I can't even, I wish I could remember the stick, but th at one time they were selling a stick that was kind of designed like a lacrosse stick where it was rounded. Mm. And I don't know that uh, the boys used it more than once. Very good. Uh, uh, Raleigh? Uh, for me, um, co you know, in COVID, there was a, a good period of time there where they were um, making kids wear masks on ice. And so I bought uh, several of these uh, things that go on the helmet that were sort of like a spit guard. And supposedly they were, uh, you know, uh, they were uh, certified to by, I don't know, whatever body, USA Hockey. Uh, kid didn't like them. Said they bugged him and he would just wear a mask and then pull, pull it down under his chin. So okay. waste, waste of money. Uh, uh, CCM resistance helmet fell apart after three months. Lance? <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to say, I don't know the brand name, but there was a device we bought where it uh, built itself as, hey, when you can't get to a skate sharpening, use this. And your skates will be just as sharp as if you took it to the pro shop. Edge again. Did you use the edge again? Was it a battery I don't operated? The name of it. I like the edge again. It was good, but go ahead. No, no. This one was a manual. You had to you had to just like oh, no, run no. it up and down your stick like a stone. Okay. Um, okay. Um my kid uh had to buy uh two helmets one year because he's playing on two different teams. And um uh, wore the one helmet um, like, I don't know, 12 times, 13 times. Still got it in my house. Uh, wish I could sell it because it's basically brand new. Easton Mako skates fell apart after two months. Wow. Randy just goes right after the... the, the I know, I, I know every dollar I spent on stupid equipment. I know grudge. it. It's an encyclopedic <laughs> of, of grudgery. Go ahead. Okay, how about a PVC designed rack that you hang all your gear on? That oh, that's a quick. great <laughs> one. Yes, I remember those. Excellent. Uh, is it me? Okay. Yeah. Uh, true. My kid got on a period of time when he was using true sticks. And my God, every single one of those sticks, the toe is disintegrated. Uh, worst, worst. Uh, durability ever true sticks uh, uh, hope they got better but we stopped using them inside the skate electric skate dryer never used it said they wanted it so badly that they would they would begged me for it never i think used it never yeah okay well now if you're talking about things that uh that probably were good that they never bought boy we're opening up a whole new round i don't think it was good they never it was never used zero got nothing out of it totally wasted money now i think because the one i'm coming to i think you already said because i don't remember the name of it and so it may have been the sweet hands where we bought this device where you stick handle all around it that's the sweet hands lance again you have lost that's the second week in a row you're gonna have to sing an entire song off camera. i asked i didn't or, say that no, too I late i'm sorry it. i'm calling this one lance that's the second week in a row you've lost the lightning round uh we're gonna have to get you a lightning round trainer by the end of this because yes. last time you used the bears twice this time you use sweet hands twice 
you need to we'll we'll get you we'll uh, next time i'm going to talk to you about the topic and you can just load up so that one neither raleigh or i'll lose okay uh, i just don't think i've had as many bad experiences as you two that is true lance when you're as nice and kind of a person upstanding and 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 good uh you don't have as many bad experiences as you do if you're kind of the kind of person that raleigh and i are all right, I got a lightning round suggestion for next week. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed. I was waiting for him to like. By the way, when Lance doesn't like the topic, he just like okay, yeah, he's, he's already enough. moved on. Yeah, I moved on. <laughs> Never mind. Whatever they were saying, great, great, whatever. Okay, how about we'll get... the kindest act you've seen uh, another opponent do? Oh, that's a great one. We'll we'll save it for next time. But we'll uh, I'll I'll get that in there. The kindest act. Uh, but it has to be quick. I mean, lightning round can't be, well, I was back in my squirt time when I was about a young buck that was driving in an Osmobile that I just rented off my uncle's friend. No, it can't be that kind of shit. We need to stay, you know, quick hitting lightning round topics. Uh, thank you all for listening, uh, folks, to the Youth Hockey Podcast. One thing that you might not see is the big smile on our face when we see uh, um all of the uh, numbers roll in uh, that of all the extra people that are listening to this uh, recently. Uh, we just thank you guys so much. Uh, we, we have a great time, uh, um, you know, just spinning our own um, hockey BS. Uh, and it's, it's such a kind thing that you folks are, are uh, tuning in and enjoying and, and sending us emails at youth hockey podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we really appreciate it. I, I I think Lance summed it up best. What did you say right before the the uh, the last podcast, Lance? I don't remember. That's exactly <laughs> right. He said, "I don't remember," and that was what just set me off. It was such an emotional moment for both of us. <laughs> Raleigh, do you remember what Lance said? Um. Well, no, I don't. Uh, but I also know he he sent us an email this week. He was so enthused. He was because people don't people don't understand. We don't <laughs> we don't tend to communicate too much. Well, uh, maybe they do. They've listened. Those that have listened know we prop we don't spend a lot of time <laughs> figuring out what our topics are going to be or uh, communicating too much about the podcast prior to actually doing it. Okay, so, don't um, don't give away all of our trade secrets, Raleigh. I'm just you know <laughs> it keeps the spontaneity. The the you know this is what people come for, and yeah. uh, so. The fact that he sent an email about our uh, our stats yeah. was uh, was was a, a, a quite a respite for me from my daily grind to see exactly and uh, and I, I was kind of reminded like um, that you know that we could definitely um, say you know we, hey we are enjoying tens of, of tens of listeners exactly to, uh, like like the commercial <laughs> it used to be sevens it used to be sevens of listeners now we're, li we're listening to tens and if you want to make lance happy just go out and tell everybody you know about the youth hockey podcast literally the man uh, uh i think he checks the counter every day i think if you want to see lance happy that's the way to do it uh i i, I think uh, it would make his his bloody day so well people keep coming back to listen to us for some reason um yeah. and uh, we appreciate it and uh it's it's kind of cool to have, to see that uh, our audience has grown, clearly grown beyond the the twenty people we knew. So <laughs> at least we can say that. You know, exactly. I, I can't. I can't. We. Can, I, there's no way that you know uh, a couple of our, our son's teammates have listened to this uh, this many times. That many times? So. No, it's impossible. <laughs> I, I actually did the math. There isn't enough minutes between uh, the broadcasts. So uh, um, as usual, I want to thank uh, in my sign off. Number one, Bako Dad, you know who you are. And, uh, and, and the rest of the hockey community of California, uh, thank you for listening. And we will see you on episode 31. Awesome. Remember to visit Gabe Gifford Hockey. The link is in the description and the webpage below.